0: G-Shawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
1: We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Chris Canty in for key. Good morning, guys. What's, What's happening, up, Max?
2: What's
3: happening? What's happening, What's in Chris? What's happening, Chris? I can't
2: What's call it, Jay. How many hours of sleep are you working off of right now, bro? Two. Two. Two hours of sleep? Two. So you playing hurt today?
3: Oh, uh, yeah. It's all right. We're playing through it. you playing, we through, playing it? through it? Okay. We're here. You, you We're getting here. it done? I'm shooting with my eyes closed, but I'm shooting. <laughs> shoot or shoot. Shoot or shoot.
1: UConn <laughs> beats San Diego State as everyone thought they would, 76-59. That's the fifth national title for UConn. They covered every spread. They won every game by double digits. Beautiful thing when they
3: do that. Max, right? can I tell you how much I'm looking, to, looking forward to our conversation <laughs> in four minutes mm-hmm. with Jim Calhoun when he called us in? Jim Calhoun turned me down. He -hmm. took Tony Roberson over me, Mm -hmm. and I want to talk to him about it. I feel some type of way.
2: It's amazing how athletes remember that stuff, right? Like, the way he feels about Jim Calhoun is how I feel about former NFL head coach and now assistant coach down with the Carolina Panthers, Jim Caldwell. So once upon a time, Jim Caldwell was, I guess you could say, recruiting me out of high school when he was the head coach at Wake Forest. And he said that, if this one player, whose name is Cardale Richardson, didn't commit mm. to coming to school there, didn't accept the scholarship, that he would then in turn sign me, he'd offer me a scholarship and sign me. Turns out, the kid from Centerville, Virginia, decided to go to Wake Forest, which was my preferred school, and I ended up having to go to Virginia. And Ooh. I and I me never too. and I me never too. let him forget about it. When he was with the Baltimore Ravens, I was there playing, and I and I always asked him when I passed him in the hallway. How that decision to sign Cardell Richardson work out for your Oh, response? Uh, he just laughed it off. He laughed it off. <laughs> but it's something that he continues to talk about even when people interview him about it because I'll never let him forget about it. But when Jay said that about Coach Calhoun, it just reminded me of that story. Athletes never forget that kind of stuff where they feel slighted that you pick somebody else over or them. Even,
1: or even like I think of MJ's Hall of Fame speech. Oh yeah. this, Like, even when you get, like, you so, it, so what is the greatest yeah. of all time? He still has some kind of resentment toward not just the people who snubbed him. He has to build something up toward everyone in his life. Yeah. Kids, coaches, doesn't matter who it is. Everyone's catching it. Yeah.
3: And, Max, <laughs> let, me you, let me tell you how this story worked out. So I, I don't go to UConn. Tony Roberson goes to UConn. I then commit to Duke. And that year I get picked as national player of the year, and mm. I play for USA basketball. And we go to the U.S. Hoop Summit. Right? Where it's like, you know, all these guys play high school basketball against the other top tier country across the, the world. And we played in Tampa and that's where we all go to the final four game, the national championship game 99. And guess who beats my team in the national championship? Jim Calhoun and UConn. I'm like, I can't. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. This is what I signed up for. So that's the way it happened. That's the way it goes down.
1: UConn's in a really interesting position um, because of, you know, Jim Calhoun and Now you got Dan Hurley and you're talking about five. You know, when I talk about UCLA and Kentucky and I say, oh, they got to be on because that's one and two, 11 and eight, right? That's a whole. But then North Carolina got six. Next one, UConn gets. They're tied
2: for third all
1: time
2: yeah but the last couple of decades though max they win in a chip everywhere that's every what four, I'm for every four so years this is what i'm saying <laughs> so so not
1: only are you starting to make the not only are you good consistently through the recent years but you're starting to climb the all-time
3: ladder, ladder of championships. Yeah, we need to go win a chip next year because I, I don't know if I can have UConn ahead of our. Spot. See, well, to get y'all nervous. Y'all get, y'all get See, the yeah. best
2: players money can buy with that recruiting class you got coming in, Jason. Hey, don't, be hey okay. don't,
3: sleep, don't sleep on it next year, man. We're going to be right that, there. That, that,
2: that's what I'm saying. Yeah, right I'm talking right about there. next year's class that's on right. top of this year's class. That's right. Oof.
1: It's getting a little
0: gangster.
2: Man, I'm just wondering That's how much right. how it's much money Jay is kicking into that to that fund that they got going on. at Duke. No,
3: no, we okay? We got people way more, way, way more well Jay, off than
2: Jay me. Said they don't need my, my
3: little pennies. We are joined now
1: by three-time national champion head coach Jim Calhoun himself.
4: Morning, Coach. Good morning. A little tired, but it's a good way to be tired.
3: Jim, <laughs> Jim is Jay Williams here. I got to ask you. Why'd you yep. take Tony Roberson over me, Coach? What
4: happened? Mm. What did I do? Yeah, you know, what? Why, I begged why, you to why? come. I beg you to come. You said, Coach, I gotta be my own man. I said, Jay, man, I, you know, I took Tony, young Tony, from Providence. <laughs> <laughs> he could play a little bit. Not Jay. He, play, he, he can play. go, Jim.
3: He could go. He was yeah, a he real one.
4: Played. He was. He honestly. He would. If I could ever have controlled him, he's a good kid and stuff. He could have been a special player for us. Yeah,
3: Jim. Tell me about. Um, you know. I've known Danny since I've been seven, eight years old. When yep. you when you came to the point of having conversations with him, I, I've always known that he had something special about him. When did you recognize that there was something special and different about Dan Hurley?
4: Well, my son Jeff went to five style camp with him and said, By the way, I met this kid, we said Danny Hurley, this is Bobby Hurley's son. You know, uh, and, and, and then young Bob, and you know, and, and and so it kind of got from there. And I, he said, "I think he's a little crazy." And come to find out, he was 100 right about that. By the way, he was crazy, and maybe still is. I don't know. Maybe his maybe his elevated money stuff is making him <laughs> get lots, get a lot less crazy. No, he's he's a, he's a driven, driven guy. When he first came, he complained about some of the things, and I finally looked at him and I said, "Hey, yeah, let me give you some advice. If you win a lot of games, they'll pay you a lot of money." Okay, and secondly, if you don't, they'll fire you. So here's the thing: worry about what you can control, your team. Stop worrying about what people say, don't say. Just coach your team. And obviously, over the last five or six years, he's done an incredible job of putting this together. And you know, for us Huskies, uh, it, it, it's pretty special. You know, I saw that, that Mike was kind enough of to say the other day. You don't think Yukon's a blue blood even before we won the fifth one. So you know, Danny's bought into that. And one thing about it, he's a driven guy and. You know, the, And he's made a lot of adjustments to coaches over the past five or six years. I've had some talks with him, and especially over the last two years, particularly as we started to turn the corner talent-wise. You know, he's made some adjustments, and that's the thing. Of a stubborn guy like he and, and me, it's really important. that you make the adjustments, you're not conceding anything, you're growing.
2: Coach, there's no doubt in my mind that this is an all-time run when you look at how UConn performed in the tournament across the six games that they played, they had a plus 120 point differential. If you add up the time that they've trailed in the second half of all six games, it adds up to one minute. So my question to you is, how impressive has this dominant run been that UConn was on for the uh, on their way to the national championship?
4: Well, for us, I'd only compare to the 204 when we had six uh, first-round draft choices. I think uh, four of them being Lauri's, Ben. Mecca, Charlie Villanueva, the waiver, Marcus Williams, et cetera. And the reason I say that, except for the Duke game, which was the semifinals, it was a, a war, and thinking of being a three or four point game, we, we averaged well over 22. And that's because we were good. And the reason that they're dominating, they're solid. They play great defense, which didn't at first get great recognition. They have two guys in the middle that no one else has. And it's unusual to have 10 fouls in the middle, by the way, Hmm. and offense in the middle, which creates those three-point shots being made. No, I have no question that they're a terrific, terrific team. In my opinion, one of the better teams in the last four or five years.
3: Jim, where do you think they rank up against some of the teams that you have? Because I I, I was just telling the guys about going down to Tampa as a a senior uh, in high school for the McDonald's All-American game and watching – I, I can never forget that '99 team. Even when I came for my my visit to you guys, like playing with Khalid yep. Al-Mean and, and Freeman and Jake Bosco Jake like Bosco. And Rip, it was and like Rip. that's one of the best you teams I think you guys have ever had.
4: 34 and two because we were so connected. That team lost to Vince Carter and Company, okay, Jameson, etc. in in, in the uh, final eight the year before. Great story. We get on the bus and they assure me, there's nothing, nothing assured. We're coming back next year to win. And we did 34 and two. It was a great team. And you're right. 04 was more talented, and we lost a mech a little bit during it. But that was the most talented. But clearly and very definitively, you're right. That was one of the ideal teams. And this team has a feel of that. Whoever mm-hmm. they call upon delivers. And that's amazing, right? I think we're all been on teams to kind of understand that. But you know, Joey California delivers. You know, he, he makes big shots. How about the Newton kid last night? You know, being maybe. Close to the best player on the court, except for a couple turnovers. Snuggle was, but, and Hawkins, I mean, this team became so much more of a full team. You got to play against 10 and they, and they got depth and they shoot. And here's the thing they, I truly believe that, they, that losing streak, that five out of six created them not to want it to happen again. They like being 14 and 0. So they kind of looked into each other and did a lot of that kind of stuff with them. They understand you guys want to be really good. Let's reconnect. Let's 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 be one. And I think they are.
2: Talking to three-time national championship head coach Jim Calhoun. And, and Coach, just take a step back and look at the tournament as a whole. We didn't see any number one seeds uh, in the Elite Eight. And with the run that Florida Atlantic and San Diego State went on, uh, it stirred up the conversation about tournament expansion. Where does that sit with you when we talk about expanding the NCAA field from 68 teams to potentially 90 teams?
4: Yeah, I, I, I have great fear of taking away the regular season. I think if you get where I can be a five hundred team and they are close to it or a little above it and get in, I think that's wrong. I I like having the the, the the Cinderellas and as long as they don't beat you like George Mason beat us. I love that doesn't happen. You know, I no, I I mean it honestly, I just think it's best for the game. I don't think it's a privilege. I don't think that it that, that it's automatic you should get in the NCAA tournament. I think it's an earn Responsibility, And when you make it, it you got to make it special. So I'm not one of those who's worried about just making more money. I would love to see us stay where we are only because even this year, and you guys can certainly talk about this. How many great teams say besides us, did you guys see playing? And, and when we see a lot of those great teams and Jay was on some of them, certainly at Duke and other places, I mean, they were great teams. There were four or five pros. And I mentioned Vince Carter, James said, Oh, they were all on the same team. Ed Coda, all that. And Brenton, uh, uh Heywood. You know what I'm saying? And and, and so I, I don't want to thin it out too much. I still believe that you can, and if you're really good, you will be Florida Atlantic. You will be San Diego State.
1: UConn now sitting on five national titles all time. The man who won three of them as head coach Jim Calhoun. We appreciate your time this morning, coach.
4: All right Jim have a great day guys. Appreciate Bye, Jim. it, Great seeing you hearing your voice good again. Jay,
1: was it uh, as satisfying as you'd hoped? No, it was not.
3: It's coach? okay. It still drives me to this day. Max,
1: <laughs> should the Colts no, draft guy. Anthony Richardson or trade for Lamar Jackson? KJM, ESPN Radio.
5: Have you ridden an electric e bike yet? You need to check out Electric E Bikes today—the number one selling e bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's l-e-c-t-r-i-c dot Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
6: Keyshawn, J.
0: Will and Max, the podcast.
2: When you watch Anthony, like, he's just different. I'm you know, just trying to showcase my arm talent. You know, I can't be consistent you know, accurate, so uh, I just try to showcase that a bit and you know, just so, showcase my arm strength because everybody knows about that as well, so just trying to do those things.
1: Keyshawn, hey. J. Will and Max... ESPN Radio, or presented by Progressive Insurance. Chris in for key. Todd McShay's 2023 NFL Mock Draft yeah.
5: 4.0
2: released this morning. <laughs> Max, I feel like when Jeezy comes on, you got to give a, Come on, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> 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 you got to bounce a little bit. Yeah, a, little bit. Gotta 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 a little bit. You got to bounce a little bit. You have to. You have
2: to. Yeah.
1: So McShay's got C.J. Stroud going to the Panthers one overall. Bryce Young to the Texans, two overall. The Colts he has in a mock trade with Arizona, who don't need a quarterback, they paid Kyler Murray, take Anthony Richardson at three overall. Will Anderson, um, the pass rusher, goes to the Arizona Cardinals at four overall. And the Seattle Seahawks with Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle, At five overall. Yeah. Now, all right. Um, I got some things to say about that. Will Levis is the fourth quarterback off the board at number 14, Tampa Bay in a mock trade. Mm -hmm. And Hendon Hooker makes it five quarterbacks in the first round all the way down
2: at 23 to the Vikings. Mm. Chris, what stood out to you about this? Well, I mean, obviously it's the quarterbacks in the trade at number three. If you think back to a couple of years ago when we saw five quarterbacks go in the first round – Uh, the Trevor Lawrence draft, that number three pick was traded to the San Francisco 49ers right around this time uh, in the days and the weeks leading up to the NFL draft. So that's one of the places that we circled once the Carolina Panthers did the deal with the Chicago Bears. So the number three pick is thought to be in play just because, like you said, Arizona doesn't need a quarterback. But what Arizona doesn't want to do is slide back to the point where they don't have their choice of the top position players. That's why the Colts in Arizona making a trade makes a lot of sense. But the one thing that I will say about Anthony Richardson, as much as I'm intrigued about his talent, his physical attributes, it's a projection. It's a huge risk because you're not talking about a player that showed a lot of consistency in a couple of years in action down in Florida, a player that you don't really have a lot of questions about in terms of his ability to impact your team's ability to win is Lamar Jackson, and he's thought to be available via trade because he can't come to a contract resolution with the Baltimore Ravens. Chris Ballard was one of the first general managers at the owners' meetings last week that said, we're doing our due diligence on the player. And so I think it's interesting that the Colts are deliberating between whether or not they want to go after a quarterback in this year's draft class or if they're going to use the draft capital, the fourth overall pick, as a part of a package to send to the Ravens in order to get Lamar Jackson.
3: Hey, CeCe, let me ask you this because I've been talking to a lot of people around the NFL, and one of the rumors I'm hearing, because um, we love reckless speculation on this show. Yeah, of course. Is that they're slightly intrigued by Will Lovett? If that's the case, how do you even begin to go about that, right? You're obviously monitoring the Lamar Jackson situation. You're trying to see if other teams engage in trade talk or they want to come to the table with paying him that type of money. But if they don't, you're trying to work that out. Like, but if you bring in Will Levitt for a workout, doesn't that show your hand? How do you navigate around that, if that's the case?
2: Well, I mean, they're bringing in Will Levis, but they already worked out C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. I think that was yesterday. So, I mean, oh, okay. they're doing their due diligence on all the top quarterbacks. And this is a team that's been in quarterback hell for some years now. Think about it. Since Andrew Luck has retired, you're talking about four different – I'm talking about the
3: Ravens, CeCe. I'm talking about the Ravens. Well,
2: I mean, if you're the Ravens, you've got to do your due diligence on this class too, right? Because if you don't have a successor for Lamar Jackson that's in-house, then a team that could potentially be willing to trade a top ten draft choice as a part of a deal to get Lamar, you might be in a position to get a quarterback on the rookie wage scale – which allows you to make other moves when it comes to the rest of your team. So
5: if you're Baltimore, everything is on the
2: table. But I will say this, this is not a one-year or a one-move proposition in terms of replacing a player of Lamar Jackson's ilk just because you don't find those guys. So it's highly unlikely that you're going to move off of a Lamar Jackson and bring in one of these quarterbacks and have the same success rate To the point where you're talking about this guy being an MVP in his first two years in the league. See, the thing about Lamar,
1: the thing about Lamar is that's a bird in the hand. You don't have to wonder about how it projects out. You have to pay for it, but you don't have to wonder. He is three weeks younger than Joe Burrow. Well, but Joe Burrow's great in the big games. You know me, I'm the biggest Joe Burrow fan, and the other than Patrick Mahomes, give me Joe Burrow. Yeah. But actually, just this last season. When they went head-to-head, Lamar outplayed oh, Joe look at, Burrow look at and him. beat him
2: because he outplayed him down the stretch. Like, Lamar Jackson is that dude. But not just this year, Max. Yeah. Like, since Joe Burrow got to Cincinnati, Joe Burrow has had problems with the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar but by, Jackson. But you know why? Yeah. Lamar Jackson has also beaten Patrick Mahomes. Yes, finally, Lamar Jackson yes. has also beaten Josh Allen. So yeah. think about— It took three the, or four
1: years to get Mahomes, but yeah.
2: But, but yeah. all I'm simply saying is think about the premier quarterbacks in the AFC. Of Lamar, course. you got to have somebody that can contend at a le- at that level, and Lamar has proven he can do that. So if you're Jim Ursay and Chris Ballard, knowing that Chris Ballard is going to be on the hot seat coming into this year, why wouldn't you take a big Let swing with a guy big like big Lamar? Forget Johnson, about a big swing a for a po- second, as opposed to a quarterback
1: that's an unproven commodity out of college. Forget about a big swing for a second. The swing has to do with two things: injury risk and the risk of decline faster than other quarterbacks because how leg-dependent, not that he can't uh, throw, but how leg-dependent his game is, legs age differently than arm, and all the hits he no, taking No, 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 you, you, you mis- misconstrued what I'm accurate. saying. I'm Hold not on.
2: saying big swing in terms of the risk associated with Lamar. I'm saying big swing in terms of what it would take to acquire the player. But uh, That's what, you what you I'm getting to. No, no, player. I get
1: it. But What I'm saying is
2: the swing in terms of what
1: you might miss is that. The reason it's not actually a big swing in terms of what you're investing in one player as a percentage of your cap with Lamar is because, think about it, is this rookie quarterback contract thing a real thing? Well, who just won the Super Bowl? Yeah, Mahomes. Did he, is he on a rookie contract? No. Who won no. the year before? Matt Stafford. Was he on a rookie contract? No. Who won the year before? Tom Brady. Was he on a
2: rookie contract? Yeah, but that was a below-market contract. Was he? he was but it was $30 a,
1: million a year, which is close to the top mm-hmm. of the market. My point is this. The rookie contract thing applies to quarterbacks who are something less than elite. When you pay a quarterback at the top of the market, it's important that you do it, not simply because he's the next guy up and you don't want to lose him. Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Dak Prescott. Pat Mahomes won, a,
2: won a Super Bowl on a rookie contract.
1: It's, and, and after the rookie yeah, contract. Yeah, sure. Both. The point is, when you choose to pay a guy at the tippy top of the market, boy, he better to be able to compensate for, for, for you know, l- s- holes on the team, for, for problems elsewhere on the roster because you don't have the same resources. So now you look at Lamar Jackson. Guys, he has a 75% winning percentage for his career thereabouts, one of the winningest of all time on a team the last couple of years. Everyone's hurt. You don't have a defense. You don't have an offense. All you have when he's on the field is Lamar, and that's enough to win almost more than anyone else. He's not a risk that way. He's the guy, along with Patrick Mahomes and a couple other guys, where if you pay him, well, now I don't have enough money for this or that. It doesn't matter.
2: You're going to compete. Yeah, and, and so my, my only question is, because Jim Ursay came out and said he's not about the business of guaranteed contracts, but, Jay, Will, if you're the Indianapolis Colts, do can you make a case to go with one of these young quarterbacks out of the draft over Lamar Jackson?
3: No, you cannot. Unless you're just telling me you're going through a complete rebuild, right?
2: I, I don't think. That, I I agree with that. Jay will's not wrong. Yeah. No, he's like, right. I, I agree with that. Like based on where the Indianapolis Colts are at, I don't think it's a situation where you have to strip it all down, especially when you consider division. The Tennessee Titans are on the downside. The Houston Texans are on the downside. Yeah, you you see the upward trajectory of Jacksonville, but it ain't like they can't be got if you have somebody at the quarterback position like Lamar. So my point is this. If you're the Colts, you can go from being in quarterback hell to being the preeminent team in the AFC South by just one trade this offseason. Why wouldn't you make that move? The only answer to why you wouldn't make that move is is because your owner, Jim Ursay, would be holding the line with the other owners when it comes to sending a message about players getting guaranteed
3: contracts. Something I want to talk to you guys about when we come back from break is everybody keeps saying, should Indy make a move for Lamar? But I would flip it, CC, and ask you, if you're Lamar, even if Indy can pay you, do you want to go to Indianapolis? Mm-hmm. Like, Do you see that being a place that's going to be the future of your career? We should talk about that coming back from break, Max. 76ers and Celtics tonight. Is this a preview of the
1: Eastern Conference Finals? Which team we should talk about that instead? is more susceptible to an early playoff exit? Well, we'll start. This is the plan now. We're going to start by answering the question you no, just Max, asked. No,
3: Max, I'm the captain now. <laughs>
1: let's, not, let's not get – all right, cut off his mic. Keyshawn J. Williams, Max, ESPN Radio.
2: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click, Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast.
6: I don't think Jalen Brown was happy that he was involved in trade discussions with the Nets last summer.
4: I think he's one of the best players in the game today, but if he's filling some type of way, that leaves the door open for other ball clubs to bid for him.
6: If he somehow
4: becomes a
0: free agent, I could see him going elsewhere just to try something new and to be the man.
6: Then yes, the Celtics should be worried because he doesn't owe them jack other than the effort that he's putting forth now to win a championship.
1: Keyshawn, Jay Willemax, ESPN Radio, Chris Canty in for Key today. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Jay, before we get into the 76ers and Celtics tonight, is it an Eastern Conference Finals preview? You brought up a question because we were talking Lamar and should the Colts want him, duh. By the way, should the Patriots want him, duh, or stop complaining that Belichick doesn't have a quarterback. There's one available right now, and they got a lot of cap space. Yeah. But you asked the question, Jay, should Lamar want to go to Indianapolis?
3: What do I mean, you think of that, does, Chris? Well, Chris, he has a no-trade clause, right? So, I mean, he could turn down if that's where he didn't want to go. Yeah, Correct? I mean, in effect, that's
2: how, you know, his free agency would go. Like, he could he could say that he's not going to accept whatever offer sheet that the Indianapolis Colts would put in front of him. Like, so, in a lot of ways, he has to be amenable to the destination that the Baltimore Ravens would try to move him to. But if you're Lamar – That seems like a situation that would be tailor-made for you. Think about what you would have to work with in Indianapolis. All of a sudden, it wouldn't all be on you. You got Jonathan Taylor, who a couple of years ago played at an MVP level nearly 2,000 yards from scrimmage. You got Michael Pittman Jr., who's an up-and-coming wide receiver in the National Football League. In your defense, you had Pro Bowl players on all three levels. It makes a lot of sense to go run with the Indianapolis Colts but especially if they're willing to give you the kind of money Jay? that you're looking well, for. And think well, about the division you would be going to. Well, of all the, the divisions though, in the AFC, the AFC South is by far the easiest
3: of the, of the four. Yeah, all those things from a scheme perspective and a personnel perspective for Indianapolis, it makes sense. I even hear your thoughts about the division. It makes sense. The only thing I push back on is if an owner has came out and said, "Like I don't believe in guaranteed contracts. I don't believe in paying that type of money. Like, is, are you better suited playing for something like that where you know you're not going to end up where you want to be anyway? Or does it make sense to sit out for a year and see how much the landscape changes in a year?
2: Well, I, I'm of the proponent of that if he doesn't get over $200 million in guarantees in his contract, then he should sit out. Because yeah, I think the market out. is okay, going to yeah. come with him when you start talking about extensions that Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, and Justin Herbert are going to get. Last thing I will say about the Indianapolis thing that's intriguing, Jay, think about who your head coach is in Shane Steichen. This is a guy that got Jalen Hurts to play at nearly an MVP level, similar skill set. I love the fit. They just got to make the money work. I think that's exactly. the biggest hurdle that they would have to clear. If
1: I'm, uh, yep. We got to get to the NBA. If I'm Lamar Jackson, I am le- I'm talking to the team who will pay me. I will. Once we get that squared away, I will then publicly say, I want to be traded to that team. Boom. In other words, now no other bidders there. So the Ravens' uh, demands in terms of what they can get with draft pick compensation must come down, right? Because now they don't have the same leverage because he's not going to play for the Ravens. He's not going to play for anyone else. Pull the NBA move. But, but first you've got to get a, guy, a team willing to pay. Okay. Keyshawn J. Willemax, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Well, that's not what you wanted me to say. Keyshawn J. Willemax, it was what they wanted me to say a second ago is brought to you by Beacon. Beacon and Beacon Pro Plus app helps roofers get things done from anywhere, 24-7. Beacon, always building.
3: We're building. I'm, I'm Ron Burgundy. He might be the most skilled big with that size that the game has ever seen. You add his play with this team, it's over. Jay's Round Ball Rankings. The game is over.
1: Now, are we sure you want me to read this thing I see on the screen right now? Everyone be sure. Okay, give me the thumbs up. All right, I'm getting the Burundi? thumbs up. These rankings are brought to you by Dell for your small business needs. Call Dell Technologies Advisor today at eight seven seven Ask Dell J's round ball rankings with Chris Canty.
2: Hello, yes, not I'm done by Jay.
3: Not done by Jay. Chris, I'm Cheers. taking over
2: the round ball rankings. Let's go. So because I, I guess I'm the wingman for Jay Will today, since Keyshawn Johnson is out on the show. He's on vacation. No, 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 no.
3: I'm the point guard. You're my score, Chris. I, I'm the score? Yeah, you're your score. Well, if you're option, the point guard, baby. I'm still the wingman. I'm quite literally on the True. wing. I'm the two yeah, of the three. Yeah, but wingman right? would imply something different. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, like you are you are him. I'm right him? You're him. I'm him. Okay. I'm C P three, you're K D. Go.
2: Okay, so we're talking about me being him, but my the him that's next to him, right? Because we're know. talking about. Just do the list. We're talking about, we're talking we're about Joel, the, we're talking about the Robin up. next to the Batman <laughs> yes. for Eastern Conference teams, right? So, who are the That's best number two options on, in the Eastern Conference? So, we're going to kick off the list with the honorable mention, right? And this might be the best NBA player under 25 years old that you don't know his name. We're going to kick it off in Cleveland, Jay. Honorable mention on my list Darius Garland. of Vanderbilt fame, averaging over 21 points a game. He's the backcourt mate for Donovan Mitchell. A lot of people don't know his name, but he's a big reason why. You're talking about the Cleveland Cavs being a top four seed in the Eastern Conference, which is the more competitive or the better of the two conferences when you look at the top of those respective conferences. So I love Darius Garland's game. He's got a lot of wiggle. He can knock it down from the perimeter. It's a guy that can go for 40 on any given night. Love Darius Garland's name. He didn't make the top five, but he's worth honorable mention. Yates, we got to keep it moving.
0: Number five.
2: Number five would be Jalen Brunson of New York Knicks fame. And think about this. A year ago, the Knicks were the 11th team in the Eastern Conference. They've jumped up to fifth this year. And Jalen Brunson is a big reason why. Played over 60 games. And you're talking about him averaging 24 per running. He's the perfect Perfect orchestrator for that Knicks offense under Tom Thibodeau. He gets the ball to Julius Randle and others in their spots. He controls the tempo of the game. And if you don't realize how good Jalen Brunson is, all you got to do is look at how far the Dallas Mavericks have fallen since he walked out in free agency. Let's keep it pushing.
0: Number four.
2: Number four, we got Bam Adebayo. And while Bam's numbers are respectable, you're talking about 20 points, nine rebounds. You have to go beyond the stat sheet to quantify how important Bam Adebayo is to the Miami Heat success. Eric Spoelstra loved this player, and for good reason, because he does all the dirty work. He can defend one through five. This guy is is, is scrappy. He personifies the hustle that Pat Riley wants all his players to play with. And so because of that – Bam Adebayo has to be in the top five of this list. He's checking in at number four. Made the all-star team again in his career. I think it's his second all-star team. And this is an ascending player. So Bam Adebayo is number four in my number twos in the Eastern Conference. Number
0: three.
2: Number three. We got James Harden leading the league in assists. What's understood ain't got to be said. The beard is a big reason why I'm looking at the Philadelphia Sixers as a dark horse team to come out of the East and make it to the NBA Finals. Number two. Number two. We got my boy Drew. That would be Drew Holiday for the Milwaukee Bucks. With the missed time that Giannis had, It was clear that Drew Holiday proved his value in his stature in the league. A couple of 50-point games in recent memory. I think this is a guy that does it all, not only on the offensive end, but also on the defensive end, his tenacity, his toughness. His style of play is something that plays well once we get to postseason basketball.
0: Number one.
2: It has to be Jalen Brown, right? And I feel wrong in calling Jalen Brown a number two because really he's a 1B to Jason Tatum's 1A This guy is one of the best two-way players in all the league. I anticipate that he's going to be on one of those all-NBA teams at one of those forward slots, and we know how important that is in terms of the Boston Celtics being able to extend Jalen Brown. So I think Jalen Brown is the top number two in the Eastern Conference.
3: So, Jay, I got to kick it to you. Any beefs, any glaring omissions in my top five list? I'm going to save... I'm going to save my observations for when we come back from break. Okay. Canty. I, I got, I got some beef. things we got to talk about. I got okay. one Max, beef. I know there's some you want to talk about too. Yeah, one beef. One beef. Good okay. list, but I got one beef. Okay. I okay. got one mic, one beef, huh?
1: Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max. Chris Canty not only in for Key, but doing Jay's lists for him. We're back with our observations on that list here on KJM ESPN Radio.
6: Keyshawn J Will and Max, the podcast.
1: Keyshawn Jay Will and Max, ESPN Radio. Jay Will, broadcast part of the broadcast for the national cha- championship game yesterday is um, was you know got virtually no sleep and passed off his uh, Jay's round ball rankings to Chris Canty. I Had Canty do the work. Canty came up with a. He's in for key today, came up with a top
3: five. It, wait, time out. Stop with this slander. Making number it sound two in like the East. I'm, like I'm Jay's being lazy. Here, Max. No, lazy Jay. No, 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 he
2: didn't pass I, it off. He gave me the honor, Max, of doing the round ball rankings list. See how people lie it's on your honor. name
3: on this show? Oh, yeah. CC, you Max likes to manipulate the narrative. That, I have yeah. my Western Conference top, you know, number twos. You did? And that's how CC and I decided to, 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 to divide and conquer, Max. There you go. It's called teamwork, Max. Jay exactly. passed something, it off to Chris Canty going on very little Max. sleep. That's yeah. the narrative.
2: I'm
1: Jay, just going to keep Ma- hammering course, it home. Yeah, Max, Max is right, not listen. used to that. Max so, is not so used Jay, to that. So, Jay, what did is you like think? He's a
3: tennis player. He's all about himself. So That's <laughs> that right. So, what
1: do you think about the list he had His in order so, one real, through five? Real quick, I'll give you the Let list. Let me do it, Chris. We'll be here all day. Jalen Brown with the Celtics is number one. Two, Drew Holiday to the Bucks. Three, James Harden in the Sixers. Bam Adebayo on the Heat is, is the fourth best number two in, in the Eastern Conference, and he says Jalen Brunson on the Knicks is the fifth. He gave honorable mention to Darius Garland on the Cavs. Jay, what do you think?
3: Say his name, Chris Canty. Say Jalen Brunson. Say it. Jalen Brunson. He hear you say Brunson. it. Yell louder. Jalen Brunson. Say it like you mean it. Jalen Brunson. He can't be number five, man. Wow. He can't be number five. I, I would have wow. Bam five. I, I'm, I'm actually really trying to decide. Yes, whether I want to have Jalen Brunson number three on this list. And I understand the value of James Harden leading the league in assists, and I get what that looks like, but I do feel like I can make a case that Jalen Brunson and the leadership that he's brought to the table for the New York Knicks who didn't make the playoffs last year, it has a slightly bigger impact than James Harden with the Philadelphia 76ers. So I'm fighting between that, but like Jalen Brunson can't be five, man. Okay,
1: Chris, I got – wait, Jay, I'm going to raise you one. I agree he can't be five. I also don't think he can be three because I don't think he's the number two on the team. We're not just talking about whether or not he's the primary scoring option here, right? I think Jalen Brunson is the best and most important player on the Knicks. If someone said you could have Jalen Brunson or Julius Randle, I'm going to take Jalen Brunson on my team. I think Julius Randle is the two. Now, I would rate Julius Randle, not Jalen Brunson, because they said whose team it is. Seems to me it's Jalen
3: Brunson's team. So then, Max, but I I think that's a little bit of a hole in your argument. Let me ask you this. Obviously, the best player in Philadelphia is Joel Embiid, but do you have any insight to, like, if they don't win the championship this year, do you think that's more on Joel Embiid or James Harden? I get it. You have James
1: Harden listed as the two, because
3: it's Joel Embiid. I don't have have James Harden listed as the two.
1: Yeah, no, well, Chris does.
3: I James, James Harden. I agree with
1: that. He That's uncontroversial. James. The, the only question is, is it Harden or Maxi? You take Harden, fine. Yeah. So Harden's on the list as the two. I would have Julius Randle as the two, and Jalen Brunson. It's, who do you think? I don't the most know, man. J- on the Julius
2: list? Randle is averaging twenty five, ten, and four. Sure, o- Jalen kind of twenty four or something. There, there are only like three or four players in the entire NBA that have those averages, and they're all all NBA players. So I. I, I have a hard time calling Julius Randle a number two, especially since three years ago he did make an all-NBA team. So I, I think this is Julius Randle's team, but Jalen Brunson has brought those leadership intangibles and that, that, that presence of a floor general that they've been missing from the point guard spot for decades on end. I hear you guys.
1: Let me ask you this. If there was an exp- – you know, in baseball you have an expansion draft. You can only protect so many players. Yeah. Let's just say all the Knicks were available and you're starting a team. Who are you taking off the Knicks? You you have you can be on Chris Candy's <laughs> team. Who do you want?
2: Of course, I'm probably gonna go with Jalen. That's Brunson what I'm saying. Julius me too. Randall. What
1: about you, Jay? Who are you taking off the Knicks for your team? So I have
3: nobody on my team. Nobody on
1: your team. Who do you want?
3: Jalen Brunson. Yeah, man. A, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Well, he yeah, plays but, but, a more but, but, important but, position too in today's NBA. But all so these other dudes. Well. All
1: these other dudes. You're probably taking Tatum. You're probably you're gonna take the freak. You're gonna take Embiid. You're good. You see what I mean? You're gonna take. You're not. It, another way of thinking: Who's the one? Is who do you want off that team? That's what I'm saying. I hear, I hear where you're <laughs> coming it from. Know, because because it's a good Drew list. Hall- that's
3: the only Drew piece. Holiday is a big time bona fide leader, no doubt. The there, are, everyone's Bucks, available man. on the
1: Bucks. You're taking True. Holiday or Giannis? No,
3: but that's different because if you put Giannis with Jalen Brunson, I'm still taking Giannis too. If Giannis is on the Knicks. no doubt, so but, like, but so but the, the question that is, makes no more sense. So though. of course you are. Well, that's what. I'm, so, what, but you're making me choose between. I, I don't. Yes, I'm saying who's
1: the way to distinguish who the one is on the team. One yeah. of the ways is you could have anyone on that team. Who do you want on your team? So, yes, if 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 Brunson was on, if Brunson was on the Bucks, surely he would not be the one. He ain't on the Bucks. He's on the Knicks.
2: That's okay. what I'm saying. All
3: right, so, and I think so Julius Randle ask the you two. this
2: question, Jay, because you were talking about Harden and Brunson. Do you think that the Sixers would have a better chance at competing at a championship level with Jalen Brunson over a James percent. Harden? Yes, hundred yes. percent.
3: Woo, that means and that there's pressure I, I, on I, James I, Harden going I, I think, into the playoffs. I think, and I think James is special. Okay, um, I think James is really special. I just there's something about the way Jalen Brunson plays in big moments. That make, and I'm not saying that James – I've seen James more as a scorer, and I think his game has transformed. I think his game is at the best place it's been, right? Mm-hmm. I just think the body of work at where James's game is now has – I've seen a bigger body of work with Jalen Brunson that I trust more in those moments. doesn't mean that James can't rise above that level. I, I just I, – I mean, who would you take in that matchup? Like, if, if, who would you think would get the best of each other in that matchup between Jalen Brunson and James Harden? I, that's a tough question. Well,
2: I mean, are we having a conversation about what we expect in the regular season versus the postseason? I mean, they meet
3: in the postseason. The I box score
2: that. or the moment of truth. Yeah, because that, I guess that's the thing, right? Like, I, 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 would, I would lean on the upside of what I've seen from James Harden in the moments in his career over Jalen Brunson, even though Brunson just took – well, just in part took his team to the conference finals last more. year. There's
1: more. And, Jay, you brought this up. Because there's the the on-the-court stuff and there's the the off-the-court, like there's the the culture, the setting, right? Yeah. And it's not a knock. I'm not knocking James Harden for this. I'm saying Jalen Brunson, look at the team he was just on. Look at how they did with him. No doubt. Look at how they did without him. He's looking so good right now. Look at the team he joined. Look at how they did without him. Look at how they're doing now. You that, That's a big part. Jay, it's like your argument about Steph Curry, why he should be higher on the top 10 all-time list, right? It's not a
3: one-on-one game. One-on-one, of course, it's James Harden, but it's not I, that game. I just, you know, look, would I trust James Harden to make a play potentially? But, like, in the trenches defensively, like, that's not even a question. Like, I'm taking Jalen Brunson. Like, if if he came down, like, for a big play to get a stop, like – Jalen Brunson would be that guy for me. I I don't know. It's just, it's a different feel that I have with Brunson. He's one of those guys whose
1: stock has gone so far up by new circumstances, shining a light on what he brings. Well, he plays
2: for the Knicks as opposed to playing for the Mavericks and he's at MSG. So that matters in terms of everything he does being magnified. Especially when you look at the Mavericks. Yeah, but think about what the, exactly. Think about what the Knicks were last year and what the Mavericks were last year. And the biggest difference between the two teams is the presence or absence of Jalen Brunson. So, I'm with you guys. It's just it's crazy to me that Jay says that there's no question the Sixers will be in better position to compete for a title with Brunson over Harden. To me, that puts so much more pressure on James Harden going into this postseason, Harden, Espe- especially, Joel especially with Joel Embiid playing at yes. an MVP level. So wow. much more how much pressure.
3: Better could, how much better can Joel Embiid play? That's what yeah, I'm saying. Right.
2: What else can he you you do? You fought to get out of Brooklyn. Now you're with a championship contender. you got to do your part to deliver. And it's not like Maxie's not on the team. He's a killer.
1: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, we are back tomorrow, 6 a.m. ESPN Radio.
0: Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.